Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business for the past 28 years since 1994. Today is Tuesday, May 17th. And today's topic is rocking the ridge. How did that experience go? But before that, let me thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilman at the Gilman Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow. And between the two of them, 100 million in sales. That's pretty darn good, people. Rocking the ridge. Well, they're rocking the real estate. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Rockin' the Ridge. Our team completed it this past weekend. It was on Saturday, and it is a 50-mile adventure trail race that some people do as a solo. Some people do teams of two. Some people do teams of four. We did teams of four. We have done that before. We did it one other time in 2017. And we wanted to go back and do it again. Main reason why I do it is to raise money for the cause. The uh, Rock the Ridge is up in Gardner, New York, in the Hudson Valley, in the mountains. You know, it sounds weird. It's the Hudson Valley, but the valley lead up to the mountains. And uh, it's exactly what we did. And uh, it's just a beautiful area. I was born in that area. I was born in Newburgh Hospital, and we lived in Gardner for the first 10 years of my life and it's just one of the most beautiful uh, countryside areas you can imagine. And for those that have been there, they know that. The famous Mohonk Mountain House is there, which has been filmed in a couple different movies. And that uh, Netflix or Prime show, whichever one it was, Upload was filmed there. So the lakes are beautiful, the, the whole area is beautiful. So anyway, they raise money for conservation and to keep the trails, which there are hundreds and actually thousands of trails up through there and they raise money and it's their number one money maker for the Minnewaska area up there so um, that's why we do it you know it's I've always believed put your talents you know to your treasures so we raise money by running because it's something we can do and uh, so that's the main reason so let's just get that out of the way nobody's going up there to win the uh, Olympics right I mean, uh, there were some people that went up there that run it solo to qualify for some other ultra-distance marathons, and that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and I was thinking while I was doing this race, there is just not an easy way to do a uh, ultra-distance race. Like, there's just not an easy way. Like, some things you can make, you know, relatively easy. I'm well aware that that's a subjective statement but you know for example a 5k well most people can make that 5k really hard by pushing red line the whole way or they can make it relatively easy and walk it at a pace where they're walking through the mall or uh, walking their dog and again i know that's relative because i know for some people that's very hard so i'm by no means making a judgment call on that i'm just trying to point out that it's possible for that kind of distance um when you're doing the really long distances, and especially in the mountains, there's just no easy way to do it. I mean, even the the top notchers were walking up some of the mountains, you know. So there's just no easy way to do it. So you're in for the long haul. 
before I get to my main message on that, I just want to give you some statistics. So Angelica, she has done this with me before. She did the first leg, which was just under 13 miles, and there was a lot of elevation. So basically, she started at the, uh, the base and went up, and it twists you around and around. Um, I'm not sure the elevation gain on that. It was pretty high, maybe like 1,200 or 13 or something like that um, feet, 1,000 feet. Um, I took the next leg, which was 13.4 miles, and there was an elevation gain of, I think, 14, 1,500, something like that. So that was very steep, very nice. The whole time I'm thinking this can't really keep going up, but it does. I've done this before, but I did it at the first leg, the first time we did it in 2017, and it was slightly different, it was shorter. This time the first leg was a little longer, and this time the second leg was the longest. Um, coming in third, oh, I should mention on Angelica's leg, she was injured going into it. She's had a foot problem, so she had to tough it out, and we even discussed her potentially not doing it the night before. Um, but she felt like she could gut it out and, um, you know, basically then take a few weeks off from running afterwards. But she went into it with an injury and still gutted it out and ran a very good time. I was pretty injury-free. I had a little bit of an Achilles twinge uh, that started actually that morning or the night before. It was nothing bad or to hold me up, but I was just conscious of it and aware of it. Uh, Emily took the next leg, which was just under 13 miles again, and, and now we're starting to go down the mountain. She still had some climbs, but for the most part now we're descending. Um, she went into it injury-free. She has done this one before with us, and she did very, very well. I mean, everybody did well, the fact it was completed. And then Ellen took the last leg, which was 11 miles. Uh, she was going to take the third leg originally, but went into this with a knee injury. She's probably the most injured out of the group. Her, her or Angelica, it's kind of a close call. They're both not gonna be running for a few weeks, that's for sure. So, but she had a knee injury going into it, which she slipped getting out of a car. Um, and she also wanted to give it a go. She knew she could walk a lot of it if she needed to. So she took the last leg, which was essentially 11 miles, and it was mostly down, but with some ups. I mean, there's no easy, so if you're in Florida and you run, you know that that's flat. So flat to them up there is, is not flat. It's still rolling to an extent. It's still little ups and downs, even when they call it flat. And then there's really spiky like hills to get over bridges or things like that, which again, they would call flat. We in Florida would call that very, very hilly. But on the upside, we always, if you come from Florida, have the advantage on humidity and heat because it was funny listening to people up there talking about how humid it was and we're looking around going, what are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> we wake up with water all over the cars and 90 to 100% humidity. It's like, this is not humid, this is dry. So, you know, everything's all relative and like everything in life, everything always balances out. So you are what you are when you bring yourself there and you do your absolute best and everybody essentially is running the same course. So we did it in a little bit over 10 hours. So I think it was like 10 and a half hours, something like that. We were um, ninth out of 24 mixed relays. And what were we overall relay? We were in the, I forget, maybe 20 out of 47 or something like that. But 
you know, we're real proud of our nine out of 24. I mean, that's excellent. Um, and a lot of the other mixed relays had two guys, two girls, and, you know, that's not meant to piss off any of the gender folks. It's just, you know, a fact the VO2 max-wise that men typically are a little bit faster, although in our case, Angelica was the quickest, but you guys get what I mean in any event where I'm very proud of our team. I coached them. We started probably first of the year with some initial stuff, and then Emily got COVID, so we had to back off her training a little bit. We've been doing some 5Ks and some 10Ks, and that's the longest Ellen had ever run in her life, I'm pretty sure. And that's probably the longest Emily has gone, although maybe she went a little bit longer the first time we did Rock the Ridge. But everybody was very well prepared. Everybody listened to the coach, which is me. So they went in hydrated. They went in with their carbohydrate goos and gels and had a good game plan. So it was a very successful day. Um, the thing I'll focus on just a little bit here is like my thought processes while we're doing it. And uh, so uh, what I find interesting in that, and you may or may not, but so as, as I said, my um, mind started at the pickup point where Angelica came in and I had to run up to the very top of Sky Tower, so it's the highest part of the Schwangung mountain ranges, S-H-A-W-N-G-U-N-K-S, Schwangungs, Indian name, and uh, it's, it's pronounced up there just gunks, everybody calls it the gunks. It's one of the, um, bouldering is one of the biggest uh, things they do up there, and it's one of the top spots in the Northeast for people that want to scale the cliffs and stuff. You often see that. So anyway, I started where I was, probably midway up the mountain, I'm guessing. Um, and then I had to, through trails and loops and all this stuff, go up to the top of Sky Tower. And Sky Tower is a very famous uh, Sky Tower at, at the Mohonk Mountain House, which you can go up in and look out and you can see, I believe it's four states or five states or something like that. I have been up in it before, did not go up in it this time, but uh, was able to run up to it, which was super cool. And I'll get to that in a second. It's such a beautiful site. It's on so many different photographs and paintings. And, um, you know, so uh, it's just cool to get up that close to it. Because when you see it from a distance, it's like this speck that's dance up you know you have no idea you get up to it. it's this huge tower you know made out of stone of course so stone and rock so early on into the starting I knew what I was getting into I knew I had a ton of elevation gain to overcome and it's not like when you do a 5k or a distance race here in Florida or most flat places or even on asphalt you know it start out from the get-go it sucks I mean you're going up and you're on kind of like rocky trail. So it's not like you really get a chance to warm up. You know, you're kind of like, there's no way to warm up when you're going uphill. Like you can say you're going easy, but again, even walking up a hill is remotely difficult. So um, there's no way to really warm up, you know, and you're not gonna, or I'm not gonna sit there and warm up a lot ahead of time. So and I'm not complaining about that. It just, it is what it is. So anyway, it's tough in the first couple miles and I'm thinking, oh God, you know, 11 or so to go. This is going to suck, you know. Um, that feeling of, again, not complaining. You have to kind of have been an endurance athlete to get what I'm saying. You know you're going to do it. It's just a matter of, okay, here we go. Let's dial this in. And I talked about it in the um, one I pre-recorded, the podcast I pre-recorded 
about how like there's different stages. So the early stage of this one was like, this is gonna suck. So, and as I'm going, it, what came through my mind was a guy uh, tragically passed a few years ago. His name is Mick, Mick Mitchell, and he was used to call him my, uh, my black son. It was funny, you know, he was a African-American and he just a great kid and I coached him in football and he'd call me his white pops and I'd call him my black son and you know, it was great. He was in his 20s when he passed tragically on a motorcycle accident. But, uh, you know, he's in my heart, obviously. And one, one of the people that came to my mind is I'm out there. And, you know, I love to run and bike and stuff and even swim because your mind goes in places that you forget about sometimes. And that's what happened here. And he comes to mind. And his famous saying he always said, he didn't make it up, but he said it more than anybody I've ever known, which is, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I kept imagining his voice, you know, it is what it is, pops. And uh, and he's right, you know, and I kept thinking that. It's like, well, you know, when you're in a situation where you've, you, you're in an endurance event, you've got two choices that are 100% within your control. You can keep going or you can quit. I mean, those are your choices. And then, of course, what uh, popped through my head and often does, it's like, or you could die. But see, that's not your choice. Get it? I mean... It's not your choice. You think, God, that's morbid. It's like, no, not really. I mean, yes, it is. Of course it is. But it's more common than you think. In other words, it's not that uh, people are necessarily afraid of that when they're doing stuff like that. Uh, it's more that you can be in such suffering, you know, on a, on a bike, especially when you're climbing this brutal hill. And when you know that your choices are those two, because you know yourself, you can quit or you can, you can keep going and you know yourself well enough to go, well, I'm not going to quit. Then it becomes, oh man, it's like, man, if I hit my lightning right now, I don't think I'd ever really complain because my quads hurt. This is awful and there's no end in sight. Now, of course, keep in mind that anybody that's ever done an endurance event that suddenly passes and of course once they're finished it passes quickly so i don't want it to sound more morbid than it is but literally that's you know it's like oh god this sucks you know and uh but anyway the point of that wasn't to go off on that too long because that's not your choice that's you know in those situations that's not your choice what's your choice is you can keep going or you can quit because if you stop that's quitting i mean there's just no way around it you're you're quitting now, some people are forced to stop because of injury, and that happens. And we did have quite a few DNFs up there did not finish, the people who did the solos. And I think, no, I believe every relay team finished, is what Angelica said. But I do believe some people in the solo DNF'd. And she heard a statistic that only 60% or sixty of the people that try this on their own, the 50 miles all by themselves, DNF, which I totally get it. Like, I, I would not want to go 50 miles. To me, it's like, you're not, well, I'm not proving anything by doing that. That's just a lot of uh, miles for, you know, something that you can possibly gain somewhere else. I don't know. But anyway, that's not the point because I didn't do it. Those are my choices. And, and then once I dialed into that, I said, well, yeah, I'm not going to quit. So I'm just going to keep forging ahead. And that's what I do. So again, mine was... Uh, 13.4 and uh, so for me it took me 2 hours 39 minutes which is just below a 12 minute mile which if I'm doing a 5k I'd be really disappointed with but the fact that that is on trail and all uphill I was pretty good with it and I came up with different little uh, you know walk strategies so I can 
goo and that's what I was talking about in the pre-recording of this is that when you get into that stage you come up with different games to play so the first hour I told myself I'm going to do three hours of running 30 seconds of walking uh, when I get to the first hour then I said you know I'm going to transition to four minutes and 45 second walking you know and there's just pretty much I do a lot of that because when you start thinking numbers that way, it keeps your brain very engaged because you have to think and add up. And I've heard other people say that. They love to do like mathematical problems while they're out covering such long distances. They might do it trying to figure out their time. In other words, if you're this much behind, how much do you have to make up? And then you'd start doing the math in your head. Whatever it is, it freaking works. I start doing different forms of math and changing things up. It might determine how many breaks I get to walk during a one hour segment of a run if I'm doing three minutes on and 45 seconds off. So it really keeps the brain preoccupied, which is a really, really good thing. Did I do that perfectly? No, I mean, you know, then I'd see a water stop and I would fill up, so that would change that. But it keeps you engaged because, you know, you are what you are. You know, people look at that and say, well, you know, what's the fastest way? It's like there isn't. It's all up to you what works the best. And whatever keeps you moving forward at the best pace possible is the best. Some people walk the hills, like um, the elites even. were like, okay, I'm going to, when I get to a really steep point, I'm not going to waste my energy running. I'm going to walk it and then I'm going to run down. So like it's whatever strategy works for you. And then you get to the the final leg, I always break it down into thirds. So my final leg, and that's that was my experience, then it's like, okay, you're literally thinking this is cool. I got a little disappointed because I got to the very top of Sky Tower, which was absolutely beautiful. And I got to circle the Mohonk Mountain House Sky Tower. So I took a couple pictures as I was running and walking along. And uh, then you think, or I thought you're going down now. Like, oh, cool, you just get to the, because it was around six miles, I think, or five miles. So I thought, well, that works out, right? So a five, six mile climb, literally the whole way. And you think you, you do a circle around the sky tower, which I did. And then you circle through the Mohawk Mountain House. I thought, okay, so now I'm on my way down. And I was for like a mile and a half. And then all of a sudden I see they kind of routed us back up into the mountain. I'm like, oh my God, what a sick freaking joke. So I went back up again. And I started going back up and back up and back up. And it's like, oh. And speaking of math, so again, my goal was 12 minute miles, you know, between the walk, the run, and all that. And I was so I was pretty much far behind it once I got to the peak of the Mohonk Mountain House because there was it was just so damn steep. I'm like, oh shit. Like there were parts where I was really running up the hill, running up at a 16 minute mile. And keep in mind I can pretty comfortably hold an eight or whatever, you know, somewhere in there. So it literally like 16, 17 running up a hill. Like, so my goal was kind of smashed at that point, but then I knew some declines were coming. So sure enough on the declines leaving there for about a mile, mile and a half, I was able to get it pretty good. So I was able to run a very good clip of low nines and even into the eights a little bit. So all of a sudden I started seeing that goal back in sight and I started doing the math and I thought, oh, if I hit 112 at seven miles or six, yeah, six miles, and I'm back on pace. And sure enough, I did. I'm like, yes. And then I was able to maintain that. But then we went uphill again, and I'm like, oh, and I started doing the math again. Now what am I going to have to hold? Fortunately, this time climbing wasn't as steep as last time, so I was able to keep it closer to the 12. And then I did have a little downhills. 
um, to bring it back down. And, and fortunately enough, I was able to really huff it a last little bit. And so I did hit my goal. It was like 11.56 or 8. I can't remember. But it was under 12. So I'm like, whew, barely by the, you know, by, by uh, you know, a thread. But I did it. But the you know, last part of this, which is funny, is, well, not funny at the time, but I'm coming by like right around 12 miles. And I thought, I couldn't remember honestly what my leg was. I couldn't remember if it was 12 and a half, 13 and a half. I knew it was somewhere in there. And I thought, you know, I think we're all right around 12 and a half. So I'm thinking, I'm almost done. So I go by this water station lady and um, it's at mile 12. And um, I look at her and she goes, and I said, oh, so how much longer? She goes, two miles. What? (laughs) Two miles? Oh my God. I'm like, I thought literally it was around the corner. I mean, you know what that's like to be told? Like you literally know at the rest stop, they have all this soup and bagels and food and all this stuff you want to refuel on. And then you're told two more miles. I was like crushed. I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well, again, I have two choices. I can quit and be a baby or I can, uh, you know, run through. And so I ran through and then I got down and got this really steep decline on the way down. Glad I didn't trip running down. And then I turned my chip over to Emily and off she went. And that was my, um, that was my uh, time on the trail, but it was great. Like I said, the, the two things that came out of it were you can quit or you can keep going. And, you know, sometimes I think everybody's too careful about, you know, their words, but you know what? There is a toughness component, you know, it's like there is a toughness component in endurance racing. There's just, you're, you're tough or you're not. I mean, there are injuries that pull people out, but then there are people that just really know how to endure. And I just got to use the word tough. You're just tough. And, you know, if you get battled a little bit, you know, you, I mean, look, it was, this was not an easy trail. There's, I had to stop twice to get rocks out of my shoes. You know, it's like you can be a baby and get a rock in your shoe and, and get a bruise on your foot, which I did, and, and bitch about it and, like, quit. Or you can be like, you know what, screw it. You know, let me quickly pull this shoe off. I mean, I wasn't worried about anything other than time I'm like man I don't want to be a you know I don't want to hurt my team I got to keep moving so you know it was a quick you know I'm not untie the shoe of course just pull it off get the rocks out and then I got another one but anyway you got to be tough to do this shit you know and you got to be tough to do anything physically I mean the too too often we're like you know well why do people do things or some people are like you know well why does this happen to me you know or why am I not in shape it's like there's a toughness component like you got to will yourself through things, man. You got to have some self-discipline, you know? I mean, everybody on the team, different fitness levels. There's four of us in different fitness levels, and everybody has their strengths and weaknesses on the team. But you know what? All four are tough. Tough as nails. That's why they're on the team. I'm not going to bring anybody, you know, that's going to, you know, have the attitude of, I can't. I didn't hear it one time. It's like, it's going to be hard. My knee's going to hurt. My foot's going to hurt. Uh, Emily always talks about how nervous and anxious she gets, which I always tell her is perfectly normal to express, you know. I mean, those are just real emotions. Say, you feel anxious, you feel nervous. That just means you give a shit. That that doesn't mean anything bad. That's fine. You know, it's the I can't do it. Or why can other people do things I can't? Well, you can. You can. I mean, there were people out there that did the whole course in just under 18 hours. You know, that's a a 20-minute mile. You know, is that easy? No, I already said it's not easy, but it's doable. So I just love endurance stuff because, you know, it, it, it makes you challenge yourself to the best of your ability. So 
that's all I got today. It was a great experience. And um, until next time, be tough. Seriously. And everything you do, just think about, you know what, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be tough today. I'm going to have tough skin. And I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm not going to complain about it. Because you know what, if you complain, you don't make it better. You just make everybody around you worse. Remember that. Okay? So until next time, be max fit and be max well.